so glad to have you here. And um, tell us about your friendship or how your association with Jill and how you met and, and what brought you here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. So I met Jill um, in 2020. I was working at a community a couple miles from here. I was a memory care director, and I was working on my thesis for grad school. And a friend of mine introduced me to Jill and said that Jill would be a good person to be in touch with to learn from and um, hone in a topic that I might have for my thesis. And I met Jill. She worked for the Eden Alternative at that time. And she was the CEO of the Eden Alternative. And um, she really talked with me and helped me uncover some ideas for topics for my thesis. And so she was my preceptor. So we got to know each other really well. So specifically, we were working on um, culture in long-term care and in healthcare, and what that means and what is a successful culture, what's a not accessible culture. And I really wanted to expound on that and learn about that for my thesis. And that's what I did. I had a project and we worked together. And um, probably in November of that time, she left the Eden Alternative and she came to Christian Living Communities and um, introduced me a little bit to Christian communities at that time. And um, shortly after that, I resigned from my position, unrelated, unrelated to her leaving, but I realized a lot of things in that time working with Jill and working um, on, on that culture topic that the community I was working for, I gave my, my blood, sweat, and tears, and I tried to change the world in every day, and nothing ever changed. And um, Jill helped me really realize that no matter how hard I changed, I tried to change. If the organization I worked for didn't support the changes that I wanted to make, it wouldn't change. And I, um, that was a hard realization to have. My heart broke a little bit, and I just decided that I couldn't make it work and left that um, organization and came over to Christian Living Communities and started working at Somer and Glen. And here you can make an impact and have some purpose. And I'm hoping, I, I picture you as a very happy person. So have you found something here that you really, truly enjoy? And yeah. I, you know, um, a lot of what my thesis was about was the Eden alternative. And I uh, learned a lot from Jill. Obviously, she was the CEO at the time when we met for Eden alternative. And what that is, is uh, a model of care that people use in long-term care settings primarily, where it helps to get rid of the institutional medical model of care and really embrace a more person-directed model of care. And what that means is making the day less about the tasks and the routines that are convenient for that medical model, you know, giving medication at this time and you have to get up at this time and your food is at this time, but really making about what the individual wants. Um, I have found when I moved to Somer and Glen that they were on an Eden alternative journey at that community and it really fit with me well because I, I relate to that journey. And your, your title is um, Nursing Home Administrator and you you can be found mostly in the timbers, right? I, I hang out in the suites, yeah. So I'm <laughs> anywhere in the suites. Anywhere in the suites, yep. I'm usually running around. 
Well, I had I know Sandy, you found her lap <laughs> earlier than I did. <laughs> so. Well, I've been here seven years, and you know I still get confused as what is timbers, what is alpine, where is meadows, mm-hmm. and the Swedes is really an umbrella, isn't it? Right. A word for those. Could you explain to us what the different uh, places are? Yeah. So we call them levels of living. Some other places might call them levels of care. Um, So assisted living is alpine and meadows. So if you're living in independent living, you're essentially renting an apartment and you are provided amenities excuse me, in that apartment. You have some oversight, but not a ton of oversight. When you need a little bit more help, assisted living might be the place to go. And you, you would get an assessment, a nurse would come and check you out and make sure we could take care of you and see exactly what you need. And then from that, we would build your care plan. So what exactly do you need help with? How can we help you be successful and independent in assisted living? Maybe you need medication or just reminders to get to and from the dining room or help with showers. Um, Meadows is also assisted living, but it's memory support. So if you might need some extra help um, specifically related to memory and you have a doctor's order saying that you need some extra help with memory, Meadows might be the place for you. And that is a secure place? That is secure. If you need it to be secure, it's not secure if you or I want to go visit. Mm-hmm. The door is this always there. open yeah. for you. Okay. Yeah, and so you, you can get, come in get and in, out. But mm-hmm. And who, who makes the assessment? So it's usually Heidi would be involved, mm-hmm. and then Eskadar. She is the health and wellness coordinator. She's the nurse in Alpine and Meadows. So Timbers is a, is a step up, a little bit more help if you're needing more from assisted living. Timbers might be the place and for you. that's on the first floor. That's on the first floor. And there's only 24 suites in Timbers. And some of those are used for short-term rehab. So if you go to the hospital and you need to come back and have some extra therapy, occupational, physical therapy, or speech therapy, you could come to Timbers and get that help. Um, stay short term and leave or if you need more of a long-term situation that you need that help ongoing you can stay and rent that suite in timbers and stay long term so there there are some permanent people who stay in timbers yeah there are yeah i think we have have 19 right now comfortable looking when you visit people that are there on a more permanent basis they have Looks like furniture from home, some of them. Yeah, that's actually a question I got recently. We want this to be as much like your home as possible. The more you can decorate it and make it like your home, because um, really that's what it is. It's it's a place where you should feel comfortable and safe and enjoy your time, no matter how much help you need. So you can have your own bed. You can have your own bed if you if you and need to rest there and can a couch couples, maybe. Can couples come to Timbers? Couples can come to Timbers. Yep. Yeah. There's a large enough space for the beds? Yep, yeah. Um, It gets a little bit trickier because most of our suites are smaller in Timbers, so we would probably have to problem solve that a little bit, but couples are always welcome. Mm -hmm. We also have a number of people who live in Timbers and their spouse lives in a different neighborhood. So maybe their spouse lives in Alpine or in independent living, and people are coming and going all the time. They stay for meals. Uh, People who live in Timbers often go out to Centennials or the Grill 
you know, for meals if they want to. Nothing changes when you come to Timbers other than where your apartment is. Wonderful to visit your spouse and not have to go outside. Right. Or come yeah, from another place anywhere. across yeah. town. Yeah. If they need. Yeah. Most other places I've worked, that's how it is. You, you know, you have to c- commute and come and visit your loved one uh, if you don't live together. And that can be really hard. So it's really nice to have a campus where everything's connected. So is care culture and organizational culture that that's all part of the Eden alternative it that's, is that's yeah. one and the same sort of okay yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> organizational culture uh, it could be tied to Eden alternative but you know organizational culture might be the way um, support is offered to associates it might be um support programs that are offered to residents and staff members. It's all of the the life of the organization and how they run their business. And I'm sure, you know, you can relate to that in any organization. As an employee, why do you want to work there? That kind of becomes that organizational culture. How are you supported? What's that relationship like with your boss? What's that relationship like with your team members? Um, why do you want to come to work? What makes you happy at work? All of that That's is part so of the culture. Important. It is. It's very important. Very important. Yes. So you are the administrative angle of you're n- nothing in nursing, um, but you are over the nurses is how how is that structured down there for you right so um my title is complicated it <laughs> it's <laughs> associate executive director so i have the nursing home administrator license that is is used to run timbers i oversee all of the suites so all of the department heads that lead the nurses or you know the maintenance team or the dining team or assisted living they all fall under me and I oversee the operations of that's the That's a suites. lot of work. That's it, a lot of responsibility. It can be. Sometimes it can be, but we have a really great team and everybody knows their role, they know their business and they do it really well. And you have a, a whole new team to work with now uh, in the let's see for life enrichment. Well, uh, in the assisted living, three people I know left pretty much at the same time. Yeah, that would be the life enrichment team. Is that what that's yeah. called? Okay. Yeah. And is that, you have to really watch and see how things are going there, but it's going smoothly at this time. Yeah, you know, with, with any change, it's hard, mm-hmm. right? And people need to learn the people and the routine and, and the residents the need to learn them right which is a, an adjustment so it evolves too. especially with the life enrichment program it's an evolutionary process you come in and you 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 structure things in the way that you think might work and then you find out that maybe it doesn't work that way so you evolve again and change the program again to help meet the needs of the people who live there so it's just constantly, constantly changing. changing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yep. wonderful to have, have someone to be open-minded. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you can't take things personal. Right. Yep. You've got to listen to yep. problems and how you can better them. Yep. Improve them. Well, people come there from some of them come from independent living with a little bit of hesitation and maybe a lot of hesitation. So You've got to do, you have a big job there, getting them to be happy in this new place. And how do you go about that? 
Well, nothing's ever perfect. I'm going to admit that straight up. And like I was talking about with the Life Enrichment Program, it evolves. The experience that we've had, you know, since I've started, I've noticed that there has been that challenge. I think naturally people are nervous about what's next and having to admit when they need help and having to start over in a different place can be really scary. Um, So we've been really trying to combat that as a team and offer more support. So Amy, she's our assisted living director. She meets with residents before they move in and their families uh, just to make sure that they know who she is and they have an expectation of of what what they're going to find when they move. So it's not such a surprise or a shock. We have some residents who help us uh, as an ambassador in a way. Mm -hmm. They come and help meet people in the dining room and introduce and bring to life enrichment programs. And these are people that may have known each other before they move. And that's a really amazing thing about Holly Creek is that there's so much history. Most people know each other. So when they're moving to a different level of living, like assisted living from independent living, they probably know lots of people. They just haven't seen them in a while. I think people might be interested in knowing a little bit about you, (laughs) where you're from, where you're living, and a little about your family, maybe. Sure. I was born in a car. What? I just surprised them. I didn't tell them this. (laughs) I was born in a 1979 Chevy Malibu on the way to the hospital in Seattle. Um, And that should tell you a little bit about my drive. My head was very round, my mother said, because I just came right out. I wasn't waiting. Um, My dad and my my brother had been at church. My mom went into labor. They got home. Was your brother born in a car, too? No, he wasn't. Oh, oh, good. Okay. Um, And my dad had convinced my mom that we should go and look for a babysitter for my brother, because he was two or three at the time. And... It was becoming to the point where we couldn't wait anymore, so we drove around for a little bit. By the time they got to the hospital, I came flying out, and they rushed out to the car and helped my mom. So (laughs) I uh, stayed in Seattle until I think I was 17. I was halfway through my junior year of high school, and I moved to Colorado. I finished up school at Arapahoe, and then I went to um, Colorado State University, I got my undergrad in human development and family studies, and I worked um, as a home care, personal care provider and CNA at that time through school, and then I started working in activities life enrichment after I graduated, and I moved back to Denver. I um, have done a lot of things working in elder care. I got my my master's degree a couple years ago in um, healthcare administration, I got married a year and a half ago. Yeah, we got engaged in Turkey. And Why um, were you there? <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my boyfriend at the time, we went, we went to Turkey just on vacation, and we rented a car, and we drove all around, and it was amazing. The food was amazing. The people were amazing. We went to this little beach town, and it turned out to be the longest beach in Turkey, and the turtles were were laying eggs on the beach. It was a really neat place. And there was um, ruins. You walked through an archaeological archaeological site just to get to the beach. And um, 
a long story short, we took a day trip to a city next to where we were. It was called Kosh. And we wanted to take a boat tour to this island that they call, it's a sunken city. There was an earthquake in the time of the Greeks and half of the island sunk. So you can take these boats out and see the ruins under the water. Um, but we missed all the tours for the day. So my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, haggled with a man who didn't speak much English about a private tour. And they wanted him to get cash. It was a really like a nervous situation. We got in a car with this Turkish man who didn't speak any English to drive to this neighboring town to go get a boat. I thought we were going to die. I thought we were we were going to get robbed in the car. I was hiding my passport in the and back then of the you car. Were underwater. <laughs> And what's that? Then you were going underwater. Well, no. So they have these glass bottom oh. boats, but we didn't get a glass bottom boat and we didn't die or get mugged or murdered or anything on the way there. We got there um, by the help of this Turkish man and we rented this whole ferry. It was like a tour boat for probably 200 people. And then there, the two of us were on this <laughs> giant ferry. We rented this boat. We rented the boat and we had a, we had a captain and then this fisherman that gave us a tour and they took us out and people were honking and waving and they thought it was the funniest thing that we were the only people on this royalty yeah and they kept you know talking about how we were american it was pretty hysterical but um it was a you know the sun was going down we got to see the ruins we saw a castle Mm. and then he proposed to me oh so it was a Pretty impressive story. It was a good trip. <laughs> we really made a big occasion. Were you expecting that or not? Was it a I surprise? I had found the ring in his bag. Oh. But I didn't see the ring. I found the jewelry box. Oh. And so I knew something was up, but I wasn't quite sure. But he definitely surprised me in that in that moment. Yeah. So it was a good trip. It's <laughs> a wonderful trip. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, things are a little less exciting for, for two hundred people. <laughs> It only cost us, I think, about a hundred dollars for this this whole boat and the tour and all of it. And oh, yeah, it was just a really nice trip. So this is in the last couple of years. Yeah, it was in or I think twenty twenty one. Yeah, and then we we needed to buy a house, and we found out on Friday that our loan wasn't going to go through, and then Monday was President's Day, um, and. Our loan officer said, you're not going to get the house. You're not going to get the loan. The only thing that will fix it is if you get married. So we tried to go, um, but everything was closed. Monday it was closed. We needed to be married by Wednesday at 2. And we got an appointment at the DMV Wednesday at 11 and took a picture of our paperwork, sent it in, and we got a house. So it was a very romantic (laughs) wedding in the DMV in February. I think it was 9 degrees outside. Well, I think you always find a solution for your problems. Yeah. Sounds like you're really good at that. And have a good story to tell. That's fun with it. (laughs) Yes. When you have some stories, too, about, I know you've driven people places. Or is that, it's not all Holly Creek. Maybe in. It's a long history of adventures with older adults, I think, is what we would say. And you were able to giggle and laugh afterwards. It was not. (laughs) I've definitely had some stressful experiences, but also some that have been very fun. Um, I've met some very amazing people in my journeys working with older adults over the years. Um, I think 
One in particular, I, I knew this man, and I told you guys about this the other day, this man who, who knew everybody. He had connections with everybody all over, um, and he was in a band, and he had friends that were in a band, and hired these guys to come play and um, at our the community I worked at, and they were all in their 90s. They were rock and roll band. They were a lot of fun. Well, they played a regular gig on East Colfax in this Mexican restaurant, and it was in a really kind of a scary part of town. But, you know, I, I, was, I was ready and willing. We got a big group signed up, and I took them over to East Colfax at night, and we went to the Mexican restaurant and danced and had margaritas, and uh, it was a really good time. And I think just an ongoing example of it doesn't matter how old you are or really what you need we're going to make it happen and have a good time and that's what we should do right we should have a margarita and go dance to well, some those, rock those and are roll. some of the happy memories of <laughs> good for you i think that's great <laughs> of the fun that he had as a younger person and, and up to the time he came and needed help with yeah. he could re- recreate you also talked about how um people can remember even if their memory seems like it's not possible, that they can remember doing things. And I think we found out about that with cooking with people. Um, you take out the cutting board, and what do they do? Yeah, so this is kind of all stemming from a, a concept, Montessori, which I know is familiar mm-hmm. for people with kids. They go to Montessori school. It's also a program for people who might suffer from cognitive impairment or have dementia or Alzheimer's. And the theory is, and what I've seen to be true, is that people, even if they're very confused or might not even be able to speak or tell me what they can and can't do, if you give them something that you know that they've had experience with, such as such as cooking, mm-hmm. for example. I'm gonna, a, a real example is I, I knew a woman some years ago who, um, she was in a wheelchair, she barely ever spoke. Um, she, she spoke a lot with her eyes, she could tell me a lot that way, but she didn't tell me a lot of things. But she was um, raised in an Italian household, she wrote a cookbook, I knew that she cooked her whole life, and we started what was called family dinner. So we wanted to invite family members in and have a whole dinner experience with them and create the menu. So her family helped pick out a recipe, and it was for a marinara sauce for a spaghetti and a salad. And um, I had her up at the table, up at the kitchen bar, actually. I put a cutting board in front of her and an onion and a really big knife. And the nurses freaked out. Everybody was really scared because I was giving this woman a really big knife. She looked at it, and she picked it up, and she started cutting that onion because she'd been doing it every day her whole life and she was in her mid-90s. Um, people remember how to do things in that way and then can continue to learn and expand on that through repetition. So second nature to her. Absolutely. is a rote kind sure. of thing. She knew exactly what to do with that onion and that big knife, and it wasn't scary at all. It was really, a, it's an amazing concept. So, I mean, things like cleaning can be um, something really relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Or washing dishes, mm-hmm. gardening. It opens the door for a lot of things that they've done as habits. And the, mm-hmm. the whole concept is is that you can help people feel that sense of purpose and continue feeling valued beyond a point where in society we might not think that they're able to contribute anymore. 
that they can help clean and set the table, for example, that's another one, or, you know, clean up the dishes, help make the marinara sauce that feeds Is there any way that residents from independent living can join in on some of this with these people that can cook or can do something? I think absolutely. You know, with with anybody coming over that wants to really have that kind of relationship of purpose, I would suggest getting with Becky and helping. So Becky would be the person to yeah get plugged in on you know a specific program or maybe a specific person that might really benefit from a relationship that you could offer it could be a two-way street give absolutely for for both absolutely yeah Yeah. and you know um it's personalized too i'm i i probably i would like to think i could get along with everybody but i might be able to get along better with sandy because maybe she has a similar interest that i do or she enjoys doing the same things that i do so that's another good reason to go to Becky so you can find out where those connections Mm -hmm. might be best to happen. Sounds great. Well, what's coming up now in the suites? So we have a couple of events coming up and also um, an Eden alternative training I want to mention. So on um, Wednesday next week, September 13th, we're having a barbecue and you just need to RSVP um, with Joe. He's the life enrichment coordinator in the suites. But the barbecue is for anybody to come and see the suites and also come and see some of the, the cool programs that are happening in the suites, especially what's called a trishaw. So it's basically a backwards rickshaw. The seats are in the front of the bike. The bike is motorized, and you can go on a ride. Come to the barbecue, and you can go on a ride, and you can see um, how some of the people in the suites have been having a really fun time recently on the trishaw, and come have a meal, come see some friends, and also come have a tour. So do you go... Do you talk to the concierge first, or how do, how do we could, know where to go? Yeah, you could talk to the concierge, but also Joe. Um, he would be a good one to connect with. You could call the concierge and ask for Joe, but also his extension is 5892, and you can reach out to him and let him know that you would like to come to the barbecue. We also have um, an Eden Alternative training coming up in October. It's October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. It'll be at Claremont Park. It is three days long. Um, some people don't like that, but some people absolutely love it. And you can learn all about the Eden alternative there and how you can really help join the journey to really get rid of that institutional medical model that we've been talking about a little bit today, um, and really help us change things so that it's more of a person directed, um, home-like setting in the suites in particular Timbers and Alpine. And how do you communicate with all the independent living residents as to what's going on in the streets? I think we can do a better job with that. Um, I think consistently handing out flyers, but I I do know that you guys got flyers um, for the barbecue. For the Eden training, I'll make sure you guys get communication with that. But hopefully we can have something up on Grand Care and also flyers, I've heard, is a good way. And also Peak View Review. I'll be there this afternoon, and I can talk oh, about some of this talk. stuff as well. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, and also after Peak View Review, I'm going to offer a tour, just a very casual, fast tour of the suites if anybody wants to come. Um, I'm going to get something. I'm not sure what yet that I'm going to raise in the air after the meeting that you can find me and come on a little tour. That should be quick. But um, if you're interested at all about seeing the suites, we'll go through and have a tour. I want to go to the parties that Nikki has told us about. Yeah, I'm sure Nikki's <laughs> going to be at the barbecue. 
in some sort of costume. I was wondering what you might be this time. <laughs> Do you have well, 30 seconds to tell us the story about your shopping trip when you drove the bus? Or? Oh, yeah. I've had lots of shopping trips, lots of adventures and mishaps on shopping trips. This trip, I didn't get to go on, but I sent my team to go on. And um, they came back from a shopping trip to the mall. And I found out that one of the ladies had gotten an ear pierced. Or she got her ears pierced. Another one went to try and go get a tattoo. And then another one went and bought a pack of cigarettes and was outside smoking in the parking lot. But she wasn't supposed to be smoking, so it was. I got in trouble a little bit. I got a little talking to that we shouldn't have rogue shopping trips. But everybody had a good time. They must have. And that's what it's about, right? They're able to consent to get their ears pierced, and why not? <laughs> it really tells us a lot about things that don't end. You still want to have fun. You still want to do this. So much for being here. Um, any, everybody who can go to the meeting this afternoon at 1 30. We'll get to meet Maddie and see her and hear more about this plan. It's been really great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And that's why we're still together.